What is your favorite childhood memory, and why do you think it stuck to your conscious mind for so long? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I'm trying to quickly rack my brain now of like childhood memories to try and. Oh, that's what I'm trying to do. And also, okay, so while you guys are thinking about that question, I would like people in the audience, if you have a, a favorite childhood memory, and you explain in good detail why it's your favorite childhood memory, go ahead and put it into into chat, and I'll pick out uh, a few of the really good ones that are written really well. I have one. I have one. I have one. All right, go ahead. Okay, uh, so back when I was six or seven, cooking is a big passion of mine, right? I love to cook. I love to experiment with different things. Yeah. And when I was younger, right, my mom taught me how to cook everything, all the basics, how to use a knife, how to cut stuff. And I remember vividly the first day I learned how to cook. It's what we call, like, uh, I forgot the name, but it's like rice and ground beef. And it's just like a, it's a really simple yet comforting dish for me. And it's something that resonated with childhood. I still eat it today. That's how crazy that is, right? But she taught me how to make that, and ever since that moment, it's kind of branched off into a huge passion for me. I wrote my college essay about my passion for food. That's how much I love it. So yeah, that's a childhood memory for me that's just sat with me. It's what they call a core memory. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? It yeah. makes me who I am today. Mm-hmm. I think that accurately answers that question. It does, mm. and it very much does. And uh, it, it kind of goes into one of my thoughts about core memories is I've always wondered why people have certain core memories and what what is it that makes core memories stick as core memories? Is it because of the emotions you feel during the moment or is it because of the people you meet in the moment? It's a, mm-hmm. uh, It's just something that I've always kind of uh, boggle that. Mm. Anyone else? I'm trying oh. to rack my brain. I don't <laughs> remember a lot of things from my childhood, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I've got one, but it's I will like, say, I'm so eager. That, that one of mine is, it's not like significant and we didn't do anything cool or it wasn't even really important at all, but it was when the first person decided to combat my idea and it really just changed my perspective on a bunch of things. Uh, I, was, I was in science class and we were debating evolution and I never really delved into religious aspects or people who are anti-evolution. And when I came across, I think his name was... Oh, I can't remember his name, but we were in middle school and he came up to me and we started having a conversation about evolution and I just kind of echoed everything I learned in science class or on the internet. And he started bringing up the Bible and it just kind of made me stop and think for a second, like, I thought everyone believed in evolution and I didn't really think that there was other perspectives about it. And... The, the conversation didn't really get too in-depth. I think it only lasted a few minutes, but it's something that I can vividly remember to this day. A conversation that was just mm-hmm. a few minutes long, and it's 
it's things like that that really change that really can change your perspective and it's again one of those things that makes me think all the time on what if that didn't happen what who would i be today without it like if it didn't if yeah. i didn't have my perspective changed in that moment would i still be the same person i am today yeah wow and, and, and that's just a, one of the biggest core memories that i have <laughs> yeah i love that example because i can kind of have a relevant tie to that because um yesterday um i was on a voice chat that had neil in the chat and i made a post on the philosophy thread this is my thoughts about life and about the different parts of life and neil challenged multiple points of mine and provided alternative perspectives that really expand my way of thinking about things mm. in ways that i've never seen before it, it's crazy what someone else's criticisms can like physically and mentally nuts. Yeah. I would say for me, because like humor is a big part of like, first off my personality and second off just like anyone I communicate with. Like if someone's funny, like I, I just love humor, I get along with them. Like my, my favorite people are ones that can just make me laugh constantly. So my childhood memories are mostly just like, just like random funny moments that like, me as a child found funny and i felt like that kind of shaped my sense of humor my personality so that's one of them and they're all really like compared to your guys is like i was challenged like i'd I, like my mom told me this mine's a smile so like goofy it's like one of them for example is um back in my primary school which is like kind of an equivalent to elementary school in america it's like when you're around the age of like five up to like um like ten Back when I was like in like year five, year six, I would have been like around uh, six, seven years old at this time. Um, we, we did this game at lunchtime where we would like, we would swing our lunchboxes around and would like hit each other's lunchboxes with it. And then like sometimes hit each other with the lunchboxes. And then <laughs> I, remember go, I remember going to lunch afterwards and um, on the way to lunch, I was like, someone smells of like food. And then we sat down at the lunch table and one of my friends, whose name was Tom, opened up his lunchbox and there was just, he had bananas in his lunchbox. So because we were smacking the lunchbox around and all that, the bananas had burst and turned to mush. And like, I remember like literally like laughing so much that I like almost threw up and like, my stomach hurt and I was crying. So for like me, that's like one of my first, like that's probably like, that's one of the first times I remember like properly laughing at something and then just having it's one thing that really shaped my humour. That's just stupid. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, I think mine would have to be when I uh, won my first climbing competition actually. Um, and I had worked so hard to be up there and all my training had like gone into that one moment and I was up there and the only person I saw in the crowd was uh, my coach actually who had taught me so much over the past like been eight years now so <laughs> a long time um, but yeah it was my first win and it just it was amazing in every way so why do you think yeah. it was so amazing why do you think that way um 
I'm not too sure. I just saw emotion, so many emotions and like, it was just something that's really stuck with me since I was like nine when I won, so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm going to, or Iris, do you have something, do you have a, uh, what, what, let me ask again. What is your favorite <laughs> memory and why? So, um, I thought of another one. I posted one in chat. Um, so I have siblings that I, for the longest time, didn't have. They were my step-siblings. I'm very thankful for them. And, um, it's an inside joke and it's called Fight Club because when I was younger, my sister would literally hold Fight Club in her room with me and my older brother simply because it was entertaining because I am this little elementary girl, elementary student, and they're in high school. So it's this little girl beating up like a 13, 14 year old boy. It was hysterical to her. But the reason it sticks out to me so much is of how much they cared about me when I didn't realize it. I was very close to my sister at the time dealing with such a difficult situation that they found ways to keep me out of my head and keep me happy. And I'm very thankful for them for that. So I'd say my siblings are my core memory because they saved me from a lot. That is a it, that's beautiful because it's not it's not a it's not one specific memory it's a bunch of memories that would make up your siblings because you, you you stated your siblings and yes it is for the little fight club you had but <laughs> I, I think just the statement that your siblings are your core memory is the biggest thing because it it's like it puts. So I, I think of memories as branches, and when you look at core memories, they're bigger branches that go in butterfly effect into other memories. And when you choose such a big branch as siblings, it it really splits off, and your core memories have a lot of room to grow because of that. And I love that. It really states it in your minds on what the on what your core memories are. Wow, what makes it? Man. That's beautiful. What makes it so impactful, too, is that I'm an only child. Wait a minute. I'm not even, I'm not even related to them by blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they love me like I'm their sibling, but I'm related to them by blood. That's why they are so important, because I am so thankful for them. They've done and everything, and they are the world to me, and I love them eternally. That's beautiful, Iris. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that made me, like, tear up a little bit. Like, that's such a powerful statement. Siblings are a core memory. I'm Thanks. going to... <laughs> I'm going to read a few other people's... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I know I interrupted. Keep going. <laughs> Sam the Rat Trainer. I didn't really read this. It was a wild childhood memory. I was spending the summer with my father and we were making dinner together. He needed something from the basement, so I went down and lo and behold, a huge rat snake was just sitting in the basement stairs. <laughs> so, so, let me ask you this if you're still here. Uh, did it make you scared of snakes or did it make you scared of basements? 
I would say both. I don't even know if they're still here. They yeah, they said it both. Yeah, they just said both Possible. in chat, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. funny. What a close memory they gave you two fears. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can't two imagine. Birds, <laughs> two birds, one stone. They need a snake friend to keep them safe. Double trauma combo. <laughs> <laughs> you said something interesting. I remember watching the cinnamon challenge in 2016 with my brother's friend. Just watching this woman try to down a whole cup of cinnamon in one gulp brought me so much joy. So, so... <laughs> was, it, was it because of they went to the extreme challenge of instead of one teaspoon, they went one cup? Or was it because you just watched how much pain they were in? <laughs> Which one brought you so much joy? Joy is very interesting. Probably the pain to the age. <laughs> oh wow. That's great. I love that. That's any more questions? Uh I have a bunch of questions. We can either talk about questions, or we can talk about famous quotes that we think what we think they are. Okay, yeah. Show me uh, a few quotes. You want that? Mm. Okay. Give me one second. I have them written down, and I gotta find the file for it. You're all good. I, I um, wrote down quite a few of them. <laughs> we can take this time to ask the audience how their day is. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has everybody eaten? Yeah, has everyone eaten? <laughs> how's your day going, Beef? Blaine, Iris, Calypso, how's all your guys' days going? Mine's doing oh. great. I, uh, it wasn't going very well, and then I decided to meditate, and I meditated for about an hour mm. and like 10 minutes, and I feel a whole lot better. And I wanted to make yeah. sure I meditated before I came onto the podcast because it would. Meditation. I, I, I came on with a, a, a clear mind. And I will say, mm. if you've never meditated before, don't knock it till you try it. And you can meditate wrong. Because if you can't clear. So when you go to meditate and stuff still keeps popping in your mind and you can't clear it, those <clears throat> are the thoughts that you've made into a habit yourself. And. Yeah. Those are the thoughts you really need to think about because if you don't think about those, you can't think of why you're thinking them. If you can't think of why you're thinking them, you can't change it. And once you can change it, you can finally be at peace when you meditate and be completely blank and just be one with yourself and feel your body and feel everything that's going on in it. And once you get to that point, it's beautiful. Yeah. Man over here giving life advice. I also such a powerful tool. This like, I think is it's really good to, to start the podcast. Yeah, like it's so good to be able to like, speak your mind and like, but like you said, when you've got like clouded thoughts and they keep popping into your mind, it can really like get in the way of just your whole day, really. Exactly. So, I like to start the day with meditation. I don't really meditate throughout the day, but I, I always start the day because I, I used to not much anymore because I've been going to bed at like silly times. But normally, I wake up at five, half five. Because I used to go to the gym before school and meditate, but now I don't really go. To, I don't go to college anymore, so my schedule's all out of balance. But oh no, 
your daily is what it is. is you. I know. You change it. You're changing your habits. And if you're constantly yeah, changing your habits, myself. your life can go really bad. Mm. But I'm, I'm, living in the fact, I'm living in the fact that I haven't got any um, responsibilities at the moment. So for now, I'm in a period where it doesn't matter as much. But I, I do have a structure in plan for when I finish my exams and have to go into um, work. So I have it handled. I'd say Cheers. for those who can't... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> say it real quick, and then I'll go on. For those who can't meditate, there are also helpful tools such as journaling and positive self-talk as well. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. I love journaling. Uh, so my Good. first quote I will say is, this is me summarizing a quote that's about a paragraph long. Uh, <clears throat> every fear that you have is just a different variation of the fear of death. And the fear of death is just the fear of time. So oh. once you overcome that, what do you really have to fear? Oh. oh. And like oh, I said, yeah. that's a paragraph quote that I've just summarized in about a sentence. So it, it, it would get a lot deeper if I said the whole thing, but I just want to summarize that. Wow. So the fear of death equates to the fear of time. Yes, that yeah, that's that even smaller summary. Yes. So, if you were to really think about what you just said, the fear of time is the fear of everything. Yes. What? Because I mean, time is scary. Like, time is very scary. Times time can move so slowly in an uncomfortable situation, mm. and then sometimes time moves too fast when you're in a situation that brings you joy. Right. So it's so. It's the same, it's constant, but it feels like it's changing. And that's what's so scary about it to me. <laughs> wow. I honestly think that we shouldn't be scared of time, because if we're scared yeah. of time, we're anxious on what's gonna happen in the future, and we're scared that we didn't live enough in the past in the time we have today. So during mm -hmm. that, I feel like we should've, we should've really, sorry. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> we should never fear the time that we know we could have lived better. And we should never fear the time we know we can get better because the future isn't here yet and the past is already gone. So we should live for the future events that are bound to happen by the butterfly effect we give off today. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense but that's a quote i just pulled out of my ass <laughs> yeah that's a good one it, 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 i also agree with the fact that you shouldn't we shouldn't fear time because well as i said earlier i'm finishing my exams and i have to decide between going to uni and all that but i'm not rushing it because i'm not in a race for time and i i don't fear like my biggest fear is rushing into uni picking up a degree and then realizing i don't want to do this and i regret that decision I would much rather take the time and let it come to me. Um, life to me isn't a race, and instead of chasing purpose, I'm more chasing being happy and more enjoying my time and making sure that those around me as well are also happy. So I don't fear time either, but then at the same time, I do fear other things. So I don't know, I don't think that comes from a fear of, of, of death, but I, I do fear other things, but not time itself, if that makes sense. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. But one thing I will say uh, with what you said is you should never pursue happiness because when life's storms come and happiness is gone, what do you have left? Very good point. Very good point. Uh, Ooh, that's just, that's let, me just think, let me think on that. <laughs> that's just something let me, that's, let me think on that. Me. that's something that's been ingrained in me for a long time. And so I like to bring it up whenever anyone says they pursue happiness. Uh, mm. Iris, what do you think about the quote? I, I think it's an interesting Lee, because for me, I fear both time and death, but in a more of a sense of do I have enough time to fully accept myself and love myself for who I am to be at peace with myself when my time inevitably, inevitably does come? Where it's we're in this never-ending cycle of self-doubt and self-worth issues and everything that's surrounding us that we lose sight of who we are and what we're doing with our own self so for me i would rather fear time because i lose the time to truly be happy with myself become one with myself and to finally accept my imperfections my flaws and love me as a whole human being instead of parts mm. i was gonna say pretty much the exact same thing <laughs> oh no i keep clicking random things on my keyboard and i need to stop <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk was... about this that was, that was really, really beautiful, beautiful iris uh oh wow me and blanche just said the same thing uh <laughs> I really I like got your perspective on that. <laughs> um, Bo, what were you about to say? So, I heard you mentioned the pursuit of happiness, right? Oh, yes, I said that earlier. I, for me, the pursuit of happiness can be lethal if you pursue it too far, right? If you over-pursue happiness, it will lead to you making bad decisions because you're just trying to chase that high of being happy. <laughs> exactly. It's not too much. It turns into an addiction. And when you get addicted to something, you can make very poor life decisions, which may cause you to die. So chasing or pursuing happiness is good, but only to a certain extent. Don't overdo it. Mm, very true. Yeah. I, love, I, I love the way you worded that. I really do. Uh, one thing I have to say off of that is... Just in me, I believe you should never pursue happiness because if you pursue what you need to do and what you know needs to get done, happiness will just follow and it will be a part of your life. And if you're not pursuing happiness and just pursuing what you need to do when life's storm comes and you know happiness will not be there in that moment, you won't fall apart because it's not what you're pursuing. Amen. <laughs> Uh, one thing, I think we all talked about that quote, and so I'm going to move on to another quote that you talked, or you stated. During the space race, a janitor was asked by JFK what he was doing. He said, I'm helping put a man on the moon. He wanted us to talk about this quote, so what do you guys think about this? Space race, JFK, man. Wait, I, is there more to this quote? 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, well, to it, because like, there's no more discussion about that. No, that's it. Yeah, there's no real discussion to have. Like, yeah. with JFK a part of the space race? Maybe. No, no. That but was that was that was the quote. Uh, so let me let, let me explain this to the audience. When we're looking for quotes, we're looking for quotes that can be perceived in many different ways that require a high resolutionary thought to actually be understood in the right way if you guys understand what i mean and i hope you do if you don't then you won't be here for the next podcast i guess <laughs> we're looking taking, for quotes that make you think yeah, is it taking it. the perspective that the space rays was a hoax maybe mm. i'm not too sure but that is the perspective of that quote go into the text chat i found a good one Ooh. Okay. do you mind do you mind if i quickly just ask you something yeah. Oh, that's really good. So, um, so B, you know how you said about how, um, like, the pursuit of happiness can be quite, like, lethal, it can be toxic? Yeah. Um, I, I tried to look, and I think you took it down. In your philosophy thing, what was it exactly that was at the end? Because I remember you, you said something, yeah, you said something, it was something to do with, like, um, love, uh, yeah. was, like, love oh. brings her, and then I said to you, like, chasing love can, like, cause her as well. It's, like, always look to love yourself first or something like that mm. and in the time of me posting that i thought it was better i thought it like came across better than it did but oh no. when right. you said like the words you said to me over that vc made me think about it differently <laughs> but if you want to explain the thoughts you can yeah, I'm, to do that. I'm glad that i'm glad that the conversation we had because I remember when you broke as well, it did get me thinking. And um, Calypso as well has got me thinking now. When he said, like, if, if, if you chase happiness and then life takes away that happiness, what, what do you have left? And I guess my answer to that is I haven't, I haven't thought of it in, in that sense, which is, it, it's very rare that I catch myself like this. So I very much appreciate that. And I guess my answer to that question is I don't know. But no matter what comes my way, I'm not going to look at it as, I'm not looking at, so I, I take a very stoic, like stoicism approach to belongings. And that's the same. I love that. I just want It's the same with the, same the possession of happiness. Like you said that my happiness would be like took away or whatever by life. I wouldn't, I don't view the happiness as mine. I was saying this to you yesterday as well. Anyone who is there when I said this. It's more that, um, circumstance has allowed me to be happy and so i will appreciate that time by preparing myself for circumstance may then also take away that same happiness it lent to me i've borrowed happiness from circumstance so that when that happiness is then taken away from me by circumstance i am sad that it's gone i understand that but because i prepared for it and viewed it as it being borrowed i don't let myself become any less of a person or let it affect me and those around me and I'm able to move on quicker or better, if that makes sense. The way you worded that entire thing, I will have to say, is absolutely beautiful. And I yeah. love how you interpreted what I said about happiness. Because it wasn't mm-hmm. originally my quote. It mm-hmm. was, uh, someone said it before Jordan Peterson said it. it, it it's, it's been a quote that's been echoed throughout the ages. And I can't remember who said it first but it's 
the way you responded to it was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I, I'm a big fan of stoicism as a philosophy as a whole. Stoicism is amazing. I, I, I follow it. Really it really is. Some of my favorite quotes are from, from Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. Yes. But, um, you will know how much into stoicism I am. I think Mars would deserve it. Mars was there. But I, I'm a massive, I love philosophy. So much. Uh, well, I'm glad you do. If you love philosophy, then this podcast will have a spot. Uh, uh, sorry, I burped. A spot in your heart because <laughs> I am all about philosophy, and every podcast I have is going to have philosophy in it in one port, in one way or another. Exactly. <laughs> am I the only one that has the impression that happiness is fleeting? No, it is no, fleeting. No. So. So that that goes along with what I said. Uh, do not pursue happiness because when happiness is gone, what do you have left? It, it it's uh, it's insinuating that happiness is always fleeting, and that you should never cling to happiness, especially if you cling to happiness with other human beings or point or, or pinpoint happiness to a human being. Because when that human being leaves, the happiness leaves with it. It's always fleeting no matter what you do, no matter how you think about it. And the only way to truly have peace is to lower the extremes and live in the present moment without living too far into the future or in the past. Because if you live too far into the future, you are going to be very anxious around ever, or stepping around every corner you have. And if you live too far into the past, you're going to be very depressed on all of the mistakes that you have made or mistakes that you think you have made. So that's why living in the present will give you the most peace you've ever had in your life. But I'm not saying don't plan for the future and don't have a plan for the future. You must always have a plan for the future if you want to be successful, but don't think too much about it because you will be too anxious to act on that plan. It's a it, it's a balance kind of thing. It's, Amen. it's I can't I don't know where it's to a go scale. from here, but yeah, it's a scale. I there will always be peaks and valleys. It's just you find the median and where you can be self-satisfied without having said what depressive episodes yes exactly i didn't make that one as crisp as the last one but i opened another one <laughs> yeah always pursue personal growth over happiness yes 100 percent. true very true gross mm-hmm. i'm the same what breeze has said so <laughs> give breeze the credit in the chat Oh, clip says, oh, oh, no. well, can I, um, so talking about, like, uh, self-improvement that you just brought up, I want to know, you, uh, you might have heard this if you've, if you've read the meditations, you or, like, read an interpretation of it, you definitely will, and I said this to you, and it was, um, so, you, so I presume that everyone, oh, well, not everyone, but I presume you're on a, like, a journey of self-improvement and all that, because you're studying your class and all this, so I was saying this to you, I don't know what the context was, but I said, basically, um, do not, do not hate someone, do not dislike someone for being flawed, imperfect, or like a busybody, rude, a liar, or anything. Because how many years did you spend living your life without going down your journey of self-improvement? How many years did you did you not study did you not study philosophy? Did you not study mindsets? So and you knowing all them and on your journey, you have a responsibility to kind of not hate them for it and understand that 
day I still to go down their journey. It's from like just I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if I worried that process. No, it, it makes a hundred percent sense. And yeah. one way a different way that I would say that is how long did you wait to help yourself grow? How long did you stay the same person or be a worse person than yesterday? Yeah. And you knew about it. How long did you do that exactly. before you understood that you needed to grow? <clears throat> that's that's another way to say it, and I guess more simplistic terms with for people who yeah. don't have a broad vocabulary or a broad mm-hmm. knowledge in stoicism. Um, <clears throat> it's It's very profound when you start to think about it because almost every single person you meet is dealing with something and what do you mean what did i open oh god the, Wait, cap, what? the drink <laughs> pretty oh, oh, drink. oh okay my bad uh it's a so monster made an alcoholic beverage it's called the beast unleashed and uh it has no caffeine in it because that's illegal now but it tastes really really good i'm drinking the white haze one so it's like the the white zero sugar monster but in alcoholic form it's yeah. really good yeah there's no caffeine but it's really really good uh i'm gonna get a drink brought back <laughs> the reason i wanted to drink it's i'm not drinking i'm not getting really really screwed up on the podcast i just want to drink a little bit because when you drink just a little bit it turns off a filter and it allows you to express yourself a lot more and that's that's the main reason why i did it I'm not. I'm, I'm not indulging that everyone should drink. Do not do that. It. It is. It's one of the worst pastimes you can get into. And when you do drink, it makes you more stressed. It. it your body releases more stress hormone hormones in your blood, and uh, you do become more stressed. That's a proven fact. Uh, yeah. My ADHD lost the topic I was talking about before I said that. So I'm going to move on to another quote, if everyone is all right with that. Go for it. (laughs) When When you destroy somebody's life with lies, take it as a loan because it will come back to you 100 fold. Or I guess without saying 100 fold, it will come back to you with interest. If you destroy somebody's life, wait, can you repeat the quote, please? If you destroy somebody's life with lies, it will come back to you with interest. So take it as a loan. It's not, I I didn't say it exactly. Uh, Hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. When you destroy somebody's life with lies, take it as a loan because it will come back to you with interest. It's like, um, emotional baggage. Yes. It's a feeling of, it's kind of like survivor's guilt, but not really. If you're destroying someone with lies and falsehoods of someone like, of something that never really happened, that would leave anyone with guilt. It may feel good in the moment. Give it, guarantee you, give it a few hours. Like, not even that, really. And you're going to feel like you fucked up. Oh, or messed yeah. up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, zero. That's really good. That, uh, uh, that, uh, oh, that was nice. It was the best one. Very crisp. It was very crisp. A bone oh. that you receive from the from God. You know what I'm talking about. 
it's like emotional. Everything was emotional with that. Okay, okay. I haven't been here, so... Okay. I love all these input. I do too. Uh, the chat's getting really involved and I love it. Everyone has is having their own input. And uh, reading every single... I, I'm reading every single thing that people post and it's... It's, it's affecting the way I'm responding because it's giving me in the moment new perspectives to actually attract on. And so it, it changes what I would say and it, I, I'm saying it's for the better. And so I'm loving that people are getting involved in it. Uh, one thing that I have to say about the quote itself is it, it, I feel like it has a few perspectives to go on. One way you could say in karma where you get into a relationship or you have a friendship and that person lies about a bunch of stuff and the relationship or friendship ends and so after that that person that lied and this and was very deceitful karma will turn back on them with interest and it will make it very very bad in the future another perspective on it is no one can hide everything 100% so it is bound to be found out and when that happens that's where the interest comes in because that's where everything starts getting unraveled mm. yeah. those are the those are the two perspectives i'll say without saying too many too much stuff <laughs> <laughs> well code kid hi code kid yeah. Hello. Welcome, welcome Peter to the broke, podcast. Man. My computer broke. I gotta get like a new motherboard and shit. Oof. No much no right now. <laughs> Yay. Uh, did you hear the quote we were talking about? No, I like this no, You didn't either. Okay, well for both of you, the quote that we are talking about is when you destroy somebody's life with lies, Take it as a loan because it will come back with interest. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you think about that quote? It's very much the idea of karma, isn't it? That what you do to others will be done unto you. So, and I, I do believe that. I, I don't believe in karma in the sense of there's some like mystical thing behind it. But I do believe it in the sense of if you are a bad person and do bad actions because of those knock-on effects through you doing bad things to people, that I do believe that they will come back to you. Because I feel like if you're doing bad, you are attracting bad people. Which is why I quite like the saying of tell me who your friends are and I will be able to tell you what type of person you are. Because I feel like what you do reflects yourself and it reflects onto you what you do to others. So I do I agree with that quote. It's a, it's a crazy quote. And mm -hmm. I like what you had to say about it. <clears throat> Wait, what did you say in chat? Hating people will only show negativity because of jealousy of you being happy with yourself. Wait a minute. Hating people only shows negativity because of jealousy of... Will you explain that in words? Because I feel like, or like in voice, because I feel like I'm reading it wrong, or you may have wrote it a little bit wrong. Sure, yeah. So, what I was going off on here. <laughs> Shut up, Reza. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so negative people who show more negativity usually just want to be like the person they're showing negativity to right if they were like giving feedback that was negative that's like one thing if it's like constructive that's one thing but if it's like constant negativity then it's different ah okay <laughs> okay okay yeah, it was a random thought I had in my mind, and I speeded up. That's that's great. That's what podcasts are for—for for random thoughts to just pop out, because those random thoughts are use or are the most unbiased thing. Because when you talk to people with random thoughts, they'll judge that thought, and you'll change the thought, and so it's no longer a random thought; it becomes a subject of judgment, and so you change the thought for what other people think to. A- to please them, to please to please the masses, you know, kinda. Yeah, like the thought I had earlier. I was talking to you about. What do you call? Would it be a goodie two shoes if they only have one foot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we were talking about earlier. The quote you said makes like sense. Like, I guess if you're being bad to someone, something's gonna happen, and they're gonna become more bad not really more bad they're gonna get their revenge anyway even if they don't even want to get revenge because something's gonna happen and just don't be mean to people that's kind of all i'd say about it yes what is your so wait who who hasn't spoken on this quote blaine what do you have to think of the quote um one thing i want to add that it doesn't really not exactly about the quote but i feel like everyone that kind of takes things from other people like you imprint yourself on other people and by being um i think we've talked about this before actually we have um and by being um like mean to someone you're showing other people like what's quote-unquote good like and uh yeah just know that you have an imprint on other people you do and uh it's it's way more than you think it is every person you meet if you say one thing and they like it or they get a little bit of dopamine from something you're talking about you're immediately imprinting on them if you have a best friend who acts like you and you act like them that means you both are imprinting on each other and if it keeps going the way it is you'll eventually almost become the same person that's that's why when you meet best friends it's like they're almost like the same person it's it's imprintation uh it's why you can think back especially into your early days everyone go back to your early days well i guess okay wait everyone's kind of younger than me uh go back to middle school and think about when you would look at someone who was your friend or your really good associate and think about you looking at the way they were walking or the way they were talking and instantly just copying it and uh they it it, you doing that think about all through middle school and all through high school when you start thinking about that you start noticing how many people you were copying without even realizing it that's imprintation that they were doing on you and then after you do that for long enough you can start thinking back okay how many people imprint how many people did i imprint on 
and you start mm. realizing it's way more than you thought it was. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, Neil, I would like to tell you that I didn't hang around a lot of people. Uh, once I realized the difference between friends and associates, I stopped talking mm. to people. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I was just saying, like, that's, like, when I said earlier, but, like, you tell me your friends are, I can tell you who you are. Like, also, yeah, <laughs> oh, the same, like, yeah, I yeah. used to, I used to be a friend group with, like, 15, 18 people, and it was just terrible. Like, I, like, I, I used to be a very, like, quite flawed person, I used to be quite hateful and negative, I'll be honest, um, like, back, back years ago, but now, like, now that my college is finishing up, I'd say that there's one person that I know I'm definitely keeping in contact with, and that's my best friend, Jacob. And then my other friend, uh, my other main friend, is, is going off to uni, and I don't know if he will keep in contact with us. But I'd like out all my friends, those two and one more is all I really want to keep in contact with. I have well, something good. to add to this subject. Go ahead. If you, if you, do, do you want to rehear the quote we were talking about? Oh, uh, I would love to. Uh, thank you. Uh, sorry, I had to go. My uh, parents were just looking at new houses where we might, we're thinking about moving soon. Wait, hold on. I'm having a brain fart. I lost the quote. I have oh, like 300 quotes wrong. in front of me. Uh, what quote were we talking about again? <laughs> it was the one of the of happiness. Like, yeah, you destroy someone's life and it will come back to you or something. I think. It was like karmic power. Uh, like yeah. lies spreading onto others will come back oh, tenfold type okay. thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I, 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 we were still talking about that one. When is what you put out when you get back. Yeah, he, he, here's the uh, here's When you just put somebody about it. Yeah. When you destroy oh, yeah. somebody's life with lies, take it as a loan because it will come back with interest. That is the quote we are talking about now. I would totally agree with that. If you what do you, what do you think about it though? Like what thoughts provoke it? Because everyone has given their own different perspective, and everyone's perspective is really, it really springs onto the branches of it, and I love it. So let's see uh, what you have to say. Well, first of all, honestly, I'm kind of glad I got here after everybody else's perspective so I can put my own thoughts on this without being affected by other people's, Ooh. which is cool. Ooh, that's, that's good. That is. It's interesting. But um, I would agree with this in, first of all, a social sense and also a sense revolving to, like, karma, because I do, in a way, believe in karma, not in the way that it's described in religion or in certain religions. But, uh, talking about it in a social sense if especially if your lies have been found out uh people will realize uh people will realize that they can't trust you because when you hear of somebody lying often you're not gonna trust them that's a pretty that's pretty that's a pretty given that's like pretty obvious and uh whenever you've destroyed you've lied so much to the point where you've destroyed somebody's life even if it is not to the extent of destroying their life uh people around them or people who've heard of this will realize that and learn not to trust you and if nobody trusts you and you really cannot make friends and cannot connect with people so if you lie often people will not trust you and if people don't trust you people will not like you and if people do not like you it's really hard to earn trust back and um that can most certainly, um, take people down a, a, a deep, deep, dark hole. Um, uh, as, uh, like, I used to lie quite a bit, 
that's kind of a darker part of something that's happened to me before. I used to lie quite a bit. And as a result, people did not trust me. Um, and as a, as a result of that, it isolated me for a little bit. And because of that, uh, it changed me. Like, I've kind of made a deal with myself where I don't like to lie. I do not like to keep secrets. I mean, there are some secrets that I'm going to keep. Like, obviously, my <laughs> funny story... But, uh, Funny story relating to this, I'm not going to tell, like, I'm not going to say my name on here, stuff like that, but big secrets more specifically. So I do certainly believe what you put out, especially if it's negative, will come back to you. Mm. Interesting. I have a quote that I need, I don't even know if I wrote it. Rid it. <laughs> I don't even know if I wrote Rid it down. Oh my. Rid I'm going to have to. Oh no. Because I, I want to say it, but I don't think I can. I don't, I don't want to say the quote without knowing the quote fully because it puts a bad impression on the quote itself. Just, uh, I can comment and you find the quote really quick. Just paraphrase it if you need to. Broken my computer. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, they they did stream the Spider-Man movie earlier. I paraphrase. I, so. I paraphrase the vast majority of quotes I give because I have the memory of a concussed squirrel. <laughs> concussed squirrel? Yeah. Well, that's not good. Yes, I would paraphrase it, but I can't remember it to the point that. I can't paraphrase it. <laughs> you don't trust yourself to uh, yeah. replicate oh, it. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll add something. Okay, okay, wait. Before you add something, I just remember, or I just found it. Just in case you've forgotten, your brain does everything it can do to maintain and preserve its correctness. Correctness. Being wrong isn't in the natural order of the brain. That's that. That's the quote. Being wrong isn't in the natural order of the brain, and your brain does everything to correct itself. With that quote, everything you think, your brain gives you evidence for. And so if you tell yourself that you are ugly or you are bad at something, your brain is going to give you evidence for it, whether it's true or not. Mm. And it's... Like, honestly, everyone can do it right now. You honestly could do so it right true. now. And your brain is instantly going to yeah, tell like you that. evidence oh for it. And it just goes to prove that everything you think becomes your own reality. <laughs> Can I, what do so you I guys think of that? that? Neil has a hotless shirt. So if I believe hard enough that Neil has a hot shirtless men tape, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 100, 110%, that's exactly what he meant. In every conceivable way. Get yourself pretty easily about anything. It's, it, like it's really a very new it. philosophical quote, not an old philosophical quote, because mm-hmm. old ones have already taken into account that perspective. New philosophical quotes haven't, and so you kind of have to interpret it a certain way. Um, so old philosophical quotes haven't done much brain study because they couldn't really see the brain. <laughs> but they, you, they you really think about have, it. But they do... I feel like you need to go and read some books by Socrates and then come back and see if you can say that same thing. Um, I definitely agree. Or, 
I shouldn't say that. I agree with parts of it. I can't agree with the whole thing because I'd have to think on that more. But um, especially where a lot of uh, people's self-esteem issues come in because if they don't believe in or if they don't if they dislike parts of themselves because of that, the brain is going to, you know, like, oh, so you think you're fat? <laughs> well, look at your gut. That must mean you're fat. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, here, th maybe this will make it better. Uh, it's actually a video, not a quote, because it's that new of a, of a quote, and it's kind of long. Not really long, but if you guys are okay with it, would you like to hear it? I would love to. Yeah. Alright. Just in case you've forgotten, your brain does everything it can to maintain and preserve its correctness because being wrong is not an efficient use of energy. When you say that you've had a bad day, your brain will give you evidence to confirm it. When you say that you're fat, your brain will give you evidence to confirm it. When you say that you're lonely, broke, sad, and unlovable, your brain will give you evidence to confirm it. How you talk to the self about the self dictates your perception of self and thus your perception of the world. So it's your responsibility to consciously reframe the way that you talk about yourself because once you see yourself in a positive light, that light will spread elsewhere and your entire reality will change. Just in case. Yep, that's good. <laughs> I think it yeah, also wow. plays. I think it plays also into a nature versus nurture argument because Ooh. a lot of the time. There are, especially when it comes to the brain with self-esteem issues, depressive episodes, even like manic episodes, there are always going to be outside impacts and environmental effects that will be evidence that the brain shows. One tiny comment, one glance, one glare that will always be used as cannon fodder against somebody. It's always going to be, there's always going to be a two- side to the coin there's always going to be a positive argument and a negative argument it's just where is the nature argument for you now and where is the nurture argument okay so i can actually explain that from but because of what i think i understood from his quote hold on i'm gonna burp real quick okay wait Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> i still have a burp that's sitting but it won't go <laughs> um so the nature versus nurture argument against that i i, I feel like i understand that nature mm -hmm. never really had to deal with that until very recently because human beings in tribes weren't thinking about that they were just thinking about survive get food celebrate because we got food survive get food celebrate because we got food so they never had time to think about depressive episodes so they never had time to be depressed that's why everyone in native tribes all over the world didn't have to deal with it but and so that's why they never thought about it but nowadays we have so much information at our fingertips and so much time on our hands that we get really depressed because all we have to do is sit and think with our minds. That's why we're all so distracted by our phones. That's why everyone's on their phone all the time because they can't be with their own mind because if they're with their own minds, they're very depressed because all they can think is bad thoughts. Oh, it's a it's a very bad cycle. Oh, uh, you explained it in such a beautiful way. That's that's yeah. the nature versus nurture argument. That was a great explanation of it, but oh, um thank you. Uh, going going along with that, uh, 
I, I would totally agree with that because uh, I generally am a social person. But um, after, I guess, coming back in from, I guess, talking to people or parties, especially after I get off, like, conversations like we have with, like, podcasts and Discord calls, um, whenever you sit alone, you, you start to think, uh, especially me, I usually get kind of sad, you know, like, verging on, like, like I, I don't know what you call it, but... Um, Whenever Spiraling? you're alone, yeah. Um, whenever you're alone, you're you're left with your thoughts, and a lot of people tend to think badly, especially about themselves, because we are our own worst critics. But I would definitely agree with that. That whenever people are left alone with their thoughts, it tends to make them happy. So that's why people resort to social media and stuff like that to distract their brain. Yeah. Um, social media. Is an attraction from life. It's an attraction from what goes on in people's minds. Uh, hey, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but if you could, could you please speak up a bit? It's really hard to hear you. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, social media is a pretty big, but in some cases, important distraction for some people to have. I get what it feels like to be stuck in your thoughts. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> um, when I'm flying alone in my bed and I look like to the ceiling up to the stars, I get all trapped in my thoughts or whatever. But yeah, some people need Discord, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter just to get away from everything. And if you're going through those thoughts, you're not alone. Because I went through them too. I know what my feelings. To be across from me. No. But, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, why do you think some people need the distraction? Because distraction only leads to not getting done what needs to be done in that moment. Yeah, distraction can lead to you not getting done what you need to get done. That's a good point to make. But mentally, some people need the distraction or else they go into a very, very dark state of mind. That's very- going into the state of mind because they're allowing their thoughts to go that direction. We can have thoughts, but if you just sit back and watch those thoughts, like as it enters your brain, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that's, that's, that's my thought of I've really of me really hating this and you become an observer and not a reactive force in your own mind and you just kind of watch it you wait about 10 seconds and that thought disappears and you're like oh shit it's gone and then you go on to your next thought and if you're an observer of those thoughts you understand that you can control your own brain and understanding you can control your own brain you start controlling your own reality because you're controlling your own habits by controlling your own thoughts and it's it's a crazy thing but i guess that's me almost being selfish in a way to under to not understand that some people can't think that way and they're kind of stuck so I guess that's my apologies. Uh, <laughs> I kind of went overboard, I guess. Um, keep going. No, you're good. You're good. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you and I kind of disagree with you at the same time. Uh, sometimes you can just observe a thought and you can let it fly away. But 
when you get into again that really deep dark area that part of your mind that you don't want to go to or your subconscious drifts like a river towards that zone it's like the twilight zone of your brain you want to stay at the top where the sun still comes through the bright thoughts still come through when you go deeper it's hard to get out the pressure increases and you're kind of trapped in that thought and even try to observe it, what you just described doesn't work but usually it does and usually those thoughts don't come around that much but when they do come around they're kind of a pain i feel like often negative thoughts are unavoidable because sometimes sometimes they'll just come around no matter what you do whether you listen to them or not mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot a lot of a lot of it isn't stopping those negative thoughts completely it's learning to realize that those uh they aren't part of you and they don't control you i think of it as the like you see on in cartoons especially older ones you have the angel on your shoulder and the devil on your shoulder it's something like that it's the the battle between the rational and the reactive argument which one's gonna win which one's gonna have more of a power over you and for me personally it's always going to be the reactive because of a fear or an anxiety it's a personal thing for sure um but i think it depends on how we learn to cope with skills like what Bo is doing he they my apologies they're using no it's a he it's a he okay just making sure <laughs> hey, um, we're, we're using the tools that we were given from a very young age which unfortunately ended up being technology and unfortunately it's I, I'm assuming it's making it worse instead of relieving some of those pressures it's starting to spiral out of control and build those up it's more of a perspective of how can we handle these in a decent manner without allowing us to a become reactive but b find a way to reflect on it in the same sense Hey, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would like to, uh, I guess, put out an idea. I, I, this isn't really my opinion, but it's an idea, and I'd like to hear your guys' criticism on it. Okay. The, um, the uh, thing Calypso said before with uh, taking those thoughts and whatever you think becomes a reality because that's like the habit your brain gets into. I feel like you could use that to think just positive things but i also believe if you were to only think about positive things you would be you'd think of yourself as high higher up or above a lot of people so i feel like you could use those thoughts instead of just positivity more of a um you aren't worse than anybody way and less of I don't I'm know how really, really glad you brought this up, and because you because I don't want people to become arrogant. I will say you are only 13, and I think this is an experienced thing, and I'm really glad you brought it up because it's something that I think is really great to bring up and to talk about. Uh, everyone will have 
those thoughts, whether they like to admit it or not, that it comes up. It's just the thought of, do I need to enable this thought? And if you enable it, it will start appearing more. And the more you enable it by giving that thought attention, the more it happens. And it's not... Ah, I wish I knew how to properly word this because I can't. Feelings cannot go into words. It's very hard to. I have found sometimes... I found sometimes feelings can be communicated less with words and more with grunting noises. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think uh, dads communicate with her? Bro, that's like the most menacing noise you've made. <laughs> I think that's more about anger and they just don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> thing I what were you saying? Add oh, sorry, go on. Let her is, uh, is a quote. Um, that's stuck with me and it's what you think you become what you feel you attract and what you imagine you create I think that's Ooh, just a really nice quote, quote. That? um I can't remember I'm pretty sure okay that's that's a really good quote could you repeat it again please yeah sure sure um, what you think, you become. What you feel, you attract. What you imagine, you create. Wow. That's very, that's really, really profound. Mm. What do you guys think about that? That's insane. I like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of stuff, I need time to think more on that, too. Even <clears throat> I love the uh, wording of that quote. Yeah. I love the Yeah, that's really nice. Adding of it, and I love the line, "What you imagine, you create." I don't know, cause I I'm working on my art. I'm trying to become better, and I try to imagine and create things all the time, right? To become better. I don't know. That's like such a good quote. Oh, give me goosebumps. Ah. Over <laughs> talking, I'm just like figuring out what the hell is cable management on the back of my computer is. Mm. Like my dead computer. <laughs> I will... Uh, oh, you guys. If you guys are okay, I'd like to bring up something real quick. Yeah, go for it. Someone, yeah, someone posted it in, in chat a little bit ago. <laughs> Blissful ignorance is a blessing and a curse. You cannot ignore issues no matter how tempting it is. And I wanted to bring up that I don't know if it's ignorance because I think what it was talking about is being having blissful ignorance. I think it's talking about the thoughts that roll through your head that you may or may not like. And it's not blissful ignorance ignoring those thoughts. Well, okay, okay, okay. It's blissful ignorance if you ignore those thoughts and go throughout your day. If you were to actually be an observer of the thoughts and sit back and look at it and look at the thought and really understand the thought that you just thought, not really why, because you may not know why, because it may have just appeared and you may have not wanted it to appear, but it may have just appeared. It's not ignorance if you 
really look at the thought and really understand why that thought is there. And you don't have to act on the thought to understand why that thought is there. The mind is a very complex organ and you can just sit there and watch it go by. You can literally just sit there and watch the thought. Well, I guess the pro, or I guess a different way to say it, you could just sit there and think and hear the thought and just watch it go away, watch it dissolve back into neurons or emptiness in your brain. You don't have to act on it. You, can, say, just, uh... you can just watch. It's not blissful ignorance, it's just there. If, if you don't mind me going off a little side note here, we, yeah, we can return to this right right after I say this. <laughs> but um, when you say so something, so people often can, so this is kind of branching off something I've heard somebody saying this before. So when people talk about their body, they think, they think my body is if it is something, I guess you could say, separate from them instead of just me. Or they think of my mind or my brain as if it was something separate from me. And a lot of people would say, well, you are your thoughts. Well, now you think of your thoughts or you can observe your thoughts as if you're something separate. Um, what, at what point does that, at what point, what are you? Like, if you, like, obviously I, I agree with the observing thoughts, but at like, what point, if you go down that path far enough, and obviously you could argue that it's just a way English talks about things, but at what point when you go back far, when does that become you? Uh, this has been a debate for hundreds of thousands of years in many quotes and many philosophers and it's written in many 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 books uh and every every generation seems to have its different view on it which i don't like because it's not accelerating or generating advancements into how we look at it it's just creating more branches on the tree instead of making the tree healthier and bigger um Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Repeat what you just last said. Oh, no. <laughs> Blissful ignorance is a blessing and a curse. How did you spin that off? Give me your I last... Don't you don't know? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I had something really good to say. Someone, some, someone go. I can talk to no one. No one's got anything to say. Am I, am, am I good to go? Is a hot dog a sandwich? That's the real question. I'm sorry. Hot dog or sandwich? Oh. Going back to the, the question that I'm not a sandwich, bro. Hot dogs. About hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> It's a taco. So yeah, what? Uh, first of all, first of all, you're wrong. Uh, second of all, Neil, continue with what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, our... no. oh my. How long is a taco, bro? Thanks. Last time I checked, I don't think a taco is a sandwich. Yeah. Wait, wasn't Neil about to say something? Yeah, 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 but my connection's like bad, so it's good that they start talking about that being. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, 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 but, um, so what I was going to say is, um, so going back to the quote that you said about how, um, the brain, like, corrects if you're wrong, um, this, it's like, it's a quote said by Marcus Aurelius, 
um, which is basically our life is what our thoughts make it. So I 100% agree with that quote. It's like the saying where if you think of like red cars, you will see more red cars because you'll notice them. And I 100% believe that what you think is will affect your life and will affect your mindset. I believe that your reality is how you perceive it and that the most powerful thing you have and the most powerful thing in your life is your brain. If you can get that on your side and if you can learn how to control it, get control of it completely, you will be completely fine. And I believe that you can handle anything that comes your way because I do believe that if anything happens to you, if you can train your brain to perceive it in a way that doesn't cause you issues or negative thoughts, I think that's quite good. Like if you can train your brain, for example, that when the weather's really bad, if you can, instead of thinking like, oh, the day's really bad because it's raining, you can think it's raining, but I am here to witness this day. Many have not had that privilege. And you can be grateful oh, for having that privilege. And that's why I believe being grateful is one of the key things you need to learn to be able to truly appreciate kind of life as a whole. Definitely. I feel like being grateful is one of the key factors in making people happy. Because if you're never grateful, you can never be satisfied. And if yeah. you're never satisfied, you can never be happy. 100%. So, if anything, if you look at what you have, there will always be people who have things better. But if you, you got have water tonight, or are you good? I'm oh, sorry. If you look at what you have compared to, I guess, what a lot of other people have, and you look at the things you have that many others don't, and you realize, say, hey, I have those things. Hey, Gourmet uh, right there. <laughs> if you think that, uh, if you think of it like I have something many people do not may never have um you can really realize how lucky you are as a person because everybody's I guess you could say everybody's lucky in some way with what they have yeah and if you're willing to uh uh, step out of the mindset of hey I want more I want more which is a natural human thing Mm -hmm. um if you're able to step out of that for just a few seconds and look at what you have then you can um realize how lucky you are and how thankful you should be and whenever you're thankful you're happy can I butt in real mm-hmm. quick on the yeah, whole go ahead. stuff so whenever I wake up in the morning, I like to think about how going to be able to get up mm-hmm. to see a sunrise get you know, water real quick. to be able to breathe air in my lungs and breathe it out because the gift of or live life and experience new things is the greatest gift on planet Earth. It is. Because if you have that gift, you can't do anything. Because you're going to be dead. So more people wanting more material possession have to realize that, like, to be grateful for the roots of your life. To be grateful that you can breathe, you can see, you can taste. You can hear things, you can smell things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that not every single person has. Yeah, and you have all these gifts, these wonderful gifts that God and whoever made us gave you. Be grateful. Show appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes your mood become better. It yeah. makes everyone else's mood around you become better. I 100% agree. Because one of the first things I do when I wake up is do something very similar. I, I grateful journal. 
I wrote down the things I'm grateful for of the day. I think I'm grateful to be alive. And then I also kind of, I just like do what I like self-reassurance. Like I reassure myself that I will run into people today that are busybodies. I'll run into people today that are not perfect. I will experience trouble today. And I prepare myself for that. And I think that waking up and then making yourself into a positive mindset, like you just said, is such a good thing to do. I think it really does help. Because like you said, not everyone is given the privilege just to literally do the simple things as wake up. And like whenever I've whenever I'm going through something or whenever I have something has happened to me, like a minor inconvenience, like if I walk to the bus stop and I miss the bus, I'm just like, I've missed the bus and I'm gonna be late to college. But not many people even have the right to college. Not many people even know what a bus is. So I'm grateful that I have been able to miss my bus. Mm, powerful words. Okay. I heard a, um, um, I heard a, um, what did you say? Right, so, some, there was something uh, where somebody in my family was talking to my, my great-grandmother and they were talking about how they are, how they're, like, having financial troubles and if they feel poor. My, uh, and she goes, don't ever say that you're poor because uh, I don't know if this is an actual statistic, but this is what she said. Uh, less uh, less than 2% of the world has an entire dollar. Uh, remember that you're always richer uh, than most people. And uh, remember that compared to many others that compared to many others that you will be rich. So never say that you're poor. Exactly. That's a. I love that because statistically, throughout the entire world, if you make more than thirty thousand U.S. dollars a year, you're in the top one percent of income earners in the entire world. Clip. <clears throat> so, do you mind if I just quickly comment on something which is kind of the? It's similar to what we've just been talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. So we've talked about like how when something happens to you. Um, like something bad happens to you you should think about how others are less fortunate that doesn't mean that what happens to you should be just blown up and it isn't important if you are still feeling down about something or if you're still feeling negatively about something don't just blow off those negative feelings well others have it worse so i'm clearly just i shouldn't be feeling this way if you're feeling there is most things about emotion if something happens to you and you feel angry um you can feel that anger but what I prefer to do is I prefer to think why I'm angry. Yes, and exactly. I was literally about to ask you, but why yeah. do you feel angry? And how I can channel that to change the situation. Because one of the things I believe in, in short, is accept what I can't change and change what I cannot accept. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. So what I was, uh, what I was about to say after that is ask yourself why you're angry and then... Mm -hmm realize or, or come to the realization that no one is able to make you angry except yourself and so why are you giving other people permission to make you angry about that situation what about that situation are you giving it permission to make you angry why why are you giving all of this why are you giving so much permission to everyone else to make you feel upset and angry and sad and about all these things you know that's, that's my like, biggest philosophy about it. I feel like anger. I feel like the emotion of anger is. Um, I guess. I guess I, I'd need to think more to say this is all of what anger is. But I feel like all of what anger is is just, uh, just kind of a 
a subclass of the of uh, what most people would feel when they get something taken away from them. For, so, for example, like if you're being insulted, you're getting your pride taken away, which would in turn make people angry. If you get something stolen from you, it would in turn make people angry. You know, I feel like a lot of anger. Right, there's more pizza in here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, I set up some of my living room. I apologize. But, um, okay, I get some of that pizza. I feel like um, what anger is, is just being upset that something has been taken away from you and then taking that to a sort of more of an extreme. I would like to add something. Um, so I'm not sure if you all are aware of this, but anger is a secondary emotion. Um, so a lot of the times when we are feeling angry, it stems from like sadness, disgust, fear. Like just think of um, inside out, but anger's not there. Anger should never have been there. Can I know where this is coming from and why you think that? Oh, psychologically speaking, anger is truly a secondary emotion. Psychologically speaking, uh, I don't want to know your teacher's name and like where you took the class. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, um, I'm a psychology and a sociology. Somebody teacher, might so disagree. Like, I, I, I just because my all psychology teachers are the, are different. You should know that, especially if you've taken mm -hmm. different psychology courses. And I just want to know the mind of the person who said that and where the um, evidence they were is older. for that. I'm gonna they were go older. So real quick. Um, at least for me, it makes sense because a lot of the time, if like I'm feeling angry, for me, it stems from like the disgust with myself or the sadness of the situation. I feel like a lot of the time it's a combination of different emotions where it's impacting us so violently that it bubbles into a single emotion and that's how we feel anger. Interesting. Okay, okay. I also agree that anger is a secondary emotion because I agree with Iris in the sense of if I'm angry, it is fueled by other emotions, which is what a secondary emotion is for those who don't know. Like if I'm angry, it's only because I'm upset with something or I feel like un I feel unjust, like something unjust has happened to me and that upsets me or something like that. And that's anger is kind of the way that I choose then to vent that. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. But one thing I want to ask now is, uh, what would you call the primary emotions? I, 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 uh, someone else can go. I Harris. would say, I would say happiness, fear, disgust, uh, sadness slash anguish, mm -hmm. and grief. So all of the emotions that actually take a chemical to produce, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then secondary emotions would be combinations of those, I'm guessing. Because my, yes. my, my philosophy teacher didn't delve into this topic of, of emotion. And so I'm just kind of trying to get my head around it. So, I mean, we know how, like dopamine or serotonin produces 
um, happiness. There's yeah, epinephrine yeah, and norepinephrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the epinephrine, norepinephrine that produces that fight or flight response, but there's also different chemicals, which I cannot remember for the life of me, that uh, produce our different that's emotions. Why we, that's why we live in the 21st century and we have Google. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you guys are talking about like chemical psychology. I've never taken psychology class my entire life. <laughs> it's uh so if you well, ever do take it, you need to look at the at the teacher because it doesn't matter who you are, every single psychology class you take is going to be different. It's just how it is because psychology isn't a sound science. Uh it's it's based on personal preference and outside interference on that personal preference to make theories that's the base of psychology uh if you want to go to sociology that oh is more based on science because that has social facts on how people interact with each other that's why i was taking psychology and sociology because i was going to combine them both to try to make my psychological profile out of it and make my own quotes out of it uh that's kind of like I, <laughs> yeah Yeah, I, it's just it's weird because I'm not like a type of philosophical or like psychological guy either. <laughs> I'm it, trying to make it all sense just to comes with what words. you decide to think about. It's like y'all seem like you know what you're talking about. I'm just here playing <laughs> freaking day <dead> computer. <laughs> because I'm more, I'm more like math. I'm more like science, like more. Logical world topic, I guess. Like hands-on topic, if you could, if you kind of get what I mean. Oh, I have yes, a question. Yes, Ask away. So, I'm back. Would you guys, would you guys say that you are more of an emotional thinker, a logical thinker, or are you a mix of both? And if you're a mix Ooh. of both, which way do you Ooh. lean towards? Okay, logical, so 100%. I would say. I tend to use both, but it depends on the situation on which way I lead. So most of my everyday life, I will use my logical thinking. But if, if it's something that has to do with my significant other or my family, emotional thinking tends to take over even when I don't want it to, but it just tends to happen. And that's something with my brain. Like I, I tend to tell people I have control of my brain, but it still does things on its own that I'm not okay with, and I don't like being out of control of my brain, but it does happen. And so in more emotional positions where it has to do with my family or very close loved ones, my emotional state does tend to take over. But other than that, it's all logical. Um, naturally, people tend to think with emotion. That's just kind of how uh people's friends work but um thinking with logic uh, can be very difficult so i try to think with logic but obviously emotion plays a lot of a role because that's kind of how i guess you could say that's the default setting yeah okay yeah before i leave um i think emotion does take control of a lot of your thoughts in life but i try to think logic though Oftentimes, more than not, emotion takes the control. 
and does skew my logical side of thinking. But I ideally go for logic over emotion. For sure. Would, would you guys like to hear something funny very quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, please. My, uh, my mother's in the room with me because my setup's in the living room and she heard what I said. She um, she mentioned a um, something she read, but she didn't remember if that was actually true. She just read it somewhere. That uh, whenever you process something, uh, it hits like the neurons or whatever go to your um the emotional part of your brain the part of your brain that processes emotion first which is why a lot of that happens i think it's funny that my mom had something to add to this did she did she go to for did she go to college for like physio or not physiochemistry that's not a real thing um no she's a barber a barber? That's even better. <laughs> so, no, wait, so she's a barber, barber bro. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Barbers and hairdressers have the best wisdom, like from the chair. Exactly. <laughs> I leave that. I leave a barber, and I'm like, holy ball, I'm good. That'd be funny, though. My mother is, is a very smart lady, door. and uh, I think a, a lot of women think about mother and my father. I'm very, I'm very proud of them. Are proud to have them. Calypso is so whimsical. He named his son after his favorite scientist. My my siblings named their kids after video game characters. What? What? what characters? Steve. Um, I mean, I don't really want to disclose that. <laughs> what? But um, also there was also a thought of naming them. One of them, Dracula, spelled backwards. Wait. If one of their kids' names Ganondorf, that'd be funny. Sadly, no. Oh, I just dropped a screwdriver on my ball. That would hurt. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Gotta go again real quick. I can I can answer the question now if you like. Right. Right. So, go ahead, Cookin. Like, uh, the, the emotional part of your brain, like in the middle ish of your brain. Um, I'm pretty sure it is because the prefrontal cortex all motor and like immediate function. The back of your brain for your eyes. The amygdala. Um, the hippocampus, and it might be actually it might be the. Lord, you are making me think too much about my major that I can't remember. Alright, uh, could you please re-explain that? I was away from my computer. It might be like in the cerebellum. Hold on. Yeah. Cerebellum? Oh, we're talking about brain. Yeah. My mom just uh, disclosed she read that. Hi, Bo. Have a lovely day. Hello, Hello, welcome. Thanks for stopping in. See you, Bia. See ya. Wait, someone's leaving. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bia. Hi. So my mom was the director of education at some barber school, and she, I guess she had to read books or something on that, uh, how teaching, or how to teach, and um, like learning how people's brain works as part of teaching. And I guess that's she read that somewhere in a book. Okay. 
<laughs> the frontal cortex is, I think, is one of the... in the middle of the brain. Middle so of like the brain? it's like the frontal cortex. It's, yeah, where emotions The olfactory system? It might be, wait. I'm thinking... I wanna, okay. The temporal lobes for, like, memory and stuff, right? I th the okay. temporal lobe, so he said. With the like hippocampus, the and that stuff's okay. Is that all memory? I think I'm not a hundred percent certain. I, I didn't do question? a bunch of the hypothalamus, the thalamus, the hippocampus, and stuff. Are you trying to figure out which one? Yeah, it's in the temporal lobe. Yeah. The corpus, the corpus callus in the sandwich is processing emotion, like fight or flight response. The corpus callosum is in the frontal lobe. Callosum? It's not in the temporal lobe. In the but... limbic system, hold on. Okay. It's, no, wait, it's a limbic. limbic system. I know. Limbic system. Like the emotions. I barely know what the brain does. <laughs> I know how I know the anatomy, but I don't know what it does. Part of your limbic system. So basically, what Brain Rock's problem was saying is that it goes to the corpus callosum, so it's going like to the direct middle of the brain. Yes. Is that how you guys were taught to say that? How do you say it, bro? I learned it. I learned it. Like, a biology. Callosum. All right. Yeah, that's how I taught to say that. <laughs> I'm not Latin. I've never traveled to Latin. I don't live there. Latin, Latin, Latin's a dead language. Exactly. I'm not six feet under. Latin's been a dead language okay. for a few hundred years now. Maybe even, there are a lot more than that. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I, I, I can pull out a, a Ouija board right now and see if we can find some sort of uh, dead Roman no, soldiers or something. The Ouija board? Please don't. I, okay, I- A Luigi The corpus, the corpus, hello, hello, some. Did you say corpus, the corpus? I don't- know. What? what? Oh, I said corpus, hello, My mother is now trying to Google it. it. <laughs> okay, while we're figuring that. out- I say while we're figuring out whatever we're figuring out, what other stupid questions do we have? Stupid questions. I can think of a lot of stupid questions, but if you want to fill a solid yeah. question, yeah, I have I a lot of stupid that. questions too. All right, then um, ask this. Of, okay, I've got, I've got a philosophical question. Philosophical, go for it. Um, is what? Okay. Um. Okay. One second. Sorry, I've got to think of a way to word this. Um. So, how people define what is good usually oh. is defined by um by what Nobody helps does. the most people or what helps himself but um what would what is the definition of good because i feel like uh there was one person who said that um what people feel is good is uh has what good and evil is has come from a christian mindset uh and or come from something biblical and that came from a slave mindset where uh, the person with power uh, and control is evil, and the person who is being controlled is good or the victim, which then transferred to Christianity, which then transferred to uh, modern ethics. Uh, I would like to hear your opinions on that. Inter hmm. 
I don't know how to think about mm-hmm. that, honestly. Because I, f- I feel like we're treading dangerous territory here with this question, but um, it's a... It's a um, it's an interesting question, and I heard that a while ago, and I, I was curious. With a uh, room full of uh, wrinkly brains repeat, here, could you repeat the question <laughs> again, real quick? Um, I guess the summary of it would be: uh, is is the modern definition of what is right and what is wrong good, and should it be questioned? Because uh, according to a philosopher a long time ago. Uh, our perceptions, or, or I saw something I saw a long time ago, our perceptions of what is good and what is bad, uh, or modern perception of what is good and what is bad, has come from a Christian mindset, which originated uh, in, a, in a slave mindset. Okay. I mean, technically, okay. it can be challenged a lot, because also what has become ethical and non-ethical can be really challenged in terms of science and moral. Like... Across the world, some people can think certain things are good, and others can think some things are bad. I, I can't really think of any examples, though. I guess you could kind of think of it similar as, like, the like the trolley problem, and, like, how yeah. flexible that is. Like, yeah. what, what really defines morals, and is there a, truly a good and bad way of viewing things? Like, I know there isn't a black and white, but is there, but so is there the really anything at all? I can explain it through... The way my mind is working now is no baby is born inherently good or evil and so everything is morally taught on what is good is evil what is good and what is evil and from that statement do we really even know what's good or evil we're just we've been on a we've been on a constant learning curve from our ancestors and so who knows what was good or evil from then because we have you ever played the telephone game in class where the back of the class says one thing and it goes through the line and the front of the class says a different thing so imagine Mm -hmm. that but in morals (laughs) and millions of years millions well, I mean, who's even to say that they, at first, were correct? Exactly. Um, there's always good and evil. I feel, I mean, I feel like good and evil. I feel like good and evil are more aren't solidified things. People like to think there's a good and there's an evil, but I don't believe that. I believe, especially what we believe that good and evil are just constructs of what society is made. So, um, I don't really think that's up to us to decide what is good and evil. Uh, I definitely think we can... Hmm, that's a very good good question. I have a comment on what he's just said when he's done. Yes. But, I mean, if that's the case, then who is to judge who is right and who is wrong? That is what some people would say Jesus and or God would come in and tell you what is wrong. I will, yes, but I I like to... I like to think in a religious way, and I like to think in a, um, yeah, I guess you could say a different way. I don't really know what I would call the other way. That's called thinking in multiple perspectives. Uh, yeah. It's very good, because not a lot of people can do that. <laughs> it's, it's my hobby. <laughs> uh, I think Code Kid, or Neil, one of the two, were going to say something. Yeah, I, so, 
the way I th who I think decides right, like good and evil, right and wrong. I think like uh, kind of what Brainwright was aiming for is I think it's decided by whoever you see as absolute authority. So for religion, it's like whoever you see as the head of that religion. For as a child, you see it as your parents. You take on their morals, and then as that changes and you see them less and less of an authority, you start to adapt that to whatever it is. Like the government decides it's their complete authority, and as you become independent and gain authority over your own thoughts and your own opinions, I believe that what you think is right and wrong starts to alter. But I do believe it also goes back to imprinting, where right and wrong comes down to your upbringing. Like if you're brought up in a, like for example, if you're brought up in like a racist family you will probably hold racist beliefs until you have authority over that belief and then you are then welcome to change it. So um, everything yes, I 100% well. agree with that. But the authority comes when you decide to change your own perspective on it. Exactly. And you You've decide to... Yes, 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 yes. Keep going. Like, without taking accountability for the opinions, like, for example, let's say you come from a racist background and you have racist opinions, the first way to change those opinions if you have to acknowledge these opinions are racist these opinions are bad once you take accountability for it you can then seize authority over that opinion and then you can change what you see as right and wrong it's like what someone said in the comments um right and wrong is written by whoever's writing the story and so to kind of adapt that to this if you have to write your own story you have to rewrite what your parents set for you if you believe it's wrong or what your religion set for you or what society has set for you as a whole it's like how we were saying with uh how it's like it's, it's think independent it's bad yeah people say it's bad for like men show emotions but i see now that more and more people are now challenging that and writing the general consensus to be that it's it is okay for them to show emotion and it is good yeah. to show you what yeah, something something i've learned with the uh, I, I guess talking generally with the you guys is that uh you shouldn't be afraid of how other people view your opinions and you should be willing to change them but you also should not be willing to put or you also should be willing to put them out there don't be afraid to state your opinion because your opinion is yours and uh, what other people say well you should often reflect on your own opinions uh you should not be ashamed of them i guess i mean of course there's exception with like like extreme racism i i guess in my opinion that would be no, bad i uh i completely understand everyone should uphold their own opinion because that's what their mind has come to a conclusion of with all the experience they've gained to that point but you should never take your own opinion above what has more facts or what has more influence but be careful with the influence part because you can really get into the bad stuff there. <laughs> well, with the summary of what I was saying is don't be afraid to state your opinion. Yes, you should never be afraid to state your own opinion because that's how you get into great debates. And when you get into good debates, and I mean a good debate because there are a bunch of quote-unquote debates all over the internet, but in those debates no one changes their own point of view or their own perspective because of that debate. If you have a really good debate with someone, you will your point of view and your perspective on life will change. That's how you know you have a really, really good debate. Mm -hmm. I was kind of similar with a very short debate with me and Neil in the uh, 
philosophy. Oh yeah. <laughs> you <didn't>, yeah. <laughs> so if you hadn't seen that, basically, um, I saw Brainwright made a post, and he was something that would like, um, he like he said later on, it was like, uh, like it was like an error or something, or like he like he just didn't catch it. The title he was something like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brainwright was like, pain is the only way to like learn lessons or something. Uh, I believe I believe it was um uh all lessons are learned through pain or something like yeah, that. Or yeah, all good lessons it. are learned. I changed it. I changed it to I believe all um all good lessons are learned through pain. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I can go check it. I I commented on that when it was saying all lessons are learned through pain, basically being like I would never call a philosophical belief wrong. I suggest you take a step back and reevaluate this mindset because believing that you have to suffer to experience a lesson and development, I believe, especially for someone. Um, My dad believe. says to tell you guys how the world's flat. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, tell him to fuck off. <laughs> it, it, it was, he said it ironically. It was a joke. It was a joke. We need to talk about this serious topic. Ow. Out. Yeah, there you go. If you think the world's flat, say out. But anyway, he said it was a joke. We don't need to get into that. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, I have some philosophical questions that I feel like need to be asked. Go for it. Do memories exist even if you forget them? I have something to. uh, I have something to put on that. Um, Something that kind of messes with my mind a bit is, for all we know. Our memories could be fabricated and the universe could have been made a thing seven seconds ago. That's that's what I hate because I vividly We're in the remember, Matrix. I vividly remember my entire life. But oh, we don't know if that's real. Every time someone says like, Oh, that was fabricated, it's like No, I swear to god it's not. But <laughs> every single day that goes on it's like, did yesterday even happen? But my um, thing is on that. <laughs> That's how you go. Sorry, you go very much. One of my friends said something, and I, I do not agree with this. Or it's not. It was a theory, not an opinion. But I don't believe this theory. Um, he said that uh, he read somewhere this idea that, um, like I guess like parallel universes, and sometimes those universes collide, which is why people fabricate memories in mass amounts. <laughs> Ooh. Which I think is interesting. Uh, I don't know. No, but no, 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 basically, no. basically, but basically, I have no idea uh, if it's the Mandela effect. But like, basically, can't do. You guys remember Pikachu having like a black color on the end of its tail? Yeah, that, that's the Mandela effect. Never, that's not. Never yeah. had it. The Mandela effect was apparently that if this God particle that's um, this God particle was ever discovered, that the universe would be just like. Uh, the universe would end so apparently that particle was discovered in 2012 already so people think that we're like living in this alternate universe right now mm-hmm. and that's why all these things that we remember are different did the monopoly man have a monocle or not i actually yes. don't remember having, having uh, a monocle he did not he, he didn't but i remember him having one um well here's, here's a deal um, I would agree with the Mandela, or I wouldn't agree with it. I would recognize the Mandela effect. This obviously could just be an age thing. If 
it weren't for I remember vividly remembering these things in 2016. Which obviously is probably an age thing, but uh, I think that it might be different, or at least the date. If it is true, obviously I don't really believe it, but if it is true, I feel like the date is not 2012. Yeah, uh, because if it was, to, I'm gonna respond to Zero real quick. He said, personally, I believe it's just things we imagine that they had, but they never actually had them. Uh, he said that, and I will say that's. Oh wait, he just described the meant. He literally just said, "I just described the Mandela effect," and that is the Mandela effect, except in another way. It's a mass mm-hmm. misremembering of a single event. And one thing yeah. that's crazy is they all mass misremember the same thing. To in it turns into the same thing. It's it's really weird. It's a phenomena that no one has yet to explain. Except uh, some psychologists think they can explain it, and they've mi- made some papers. It doesn't make sense. It never has made sense, and it never will make sense. Because uh, mass misremembering of hundreds of thousands of millions of people makes no sense. Can I? It happens, and uh, yet people have yet to explain it or come up with a. F- uh, physical facts on what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Can I Those comment things? on two things? Yeah, go ahead. So, first off, I think with a lot of the Mandela effect things, a lot of them I've seen is... So, people are showing, like, for example, the Pikachu one, the Monopoly Man. I think yeah. those stem from... So, when I think of the Monopoly Man, I think the design would be better if he had a monocle. So, when asked if he has a monocle, I say yes, because I think he does. Because, in my opinion, it Ooh. would suit and it would be good. I think that Pikachu okay. looks better with the black on his tail. Another one I saw assumed with Fruity Loops and I thought it looked better, the one that was apparently the misconception. I think people um, basically have this clouded vision of they thought Pikachu has the black on the tail or the Monopoly Man has the monocle because they think it looks better with it. So they basically overwrite overwrite it. That's my feeling on it anyway. Yeah, it does that make sense, sense. actually. It does like, make sense. It's stereotypical for a person to have a monocle. It's kind of like in mainstream and cartoons since whenever cartoons were made, if you think about it. Yeah. And other shows. So that's been a mainstream media for a long time. Pikachu's black tail, I think other Pokemon have similar, like, designs. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe he might have black on his tail. I will say, um, I don't, I don't know if I would, uh, I, I, I was about to say I can think of something that differs from that. But I can't think of something on the top of my head, so you might be, you might be, on something there. But um, I feel like if I feel like I could think of something that would go along with the Mandela effect that wouldn't have to do with how we would just view things as looking better. <clears throat> but I also couldn't give you something right now because I'd have to think about it. <clears throat> so I guess for now, let's just. I'm gonna say that that would make sense. I yeah. think to really focus on the Mandela what effect, about. we have to do a lot of research. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't really want to do some research. <laughs> yeah, that'd be All right, that so, one was if everyone is already ready to move on to the next I just said what I was talking about. Oh, hold on, oh, can shit, I just go to the second thing? Oh, oh wait a minute. I just the, said what uh, I was talking about. The Pokemon that I was talking about in chat. Mimikyu? Who has has basically like some black on its tail already like half of its tail is much darker mm-hmm. 
So could be. Are you sure this is a shadow? Is that not just a shadow? It might be, but like I think it's Taylor's could actually. Could be. Darker. The angle lines up with the stomach. Yeah, it matches up with the stomach. No, if you take. I think it's just a shadow. I, I, no. I do. I do remember. I do remember the blackness on Pikachu's tail going like almost all the way up and it like zigzagging between the yellow. Wait, I think I remember that too, because wasn't it like if it was a heart on the back what? on the tail, it meant something? Yeah, if it was a heart, it was a girl. It was and if it was a zigzag, it was a guy. There's yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's something. If if we remember it, yeah, I, something okay, better. Then why would we both remember a detail that specific? He, he, it was the perp. I don't know what series that was from though. Which generation? I think it was from uh. First. You look at Gen One Pikachu. Yeah, it might have been from like whenever Red was a. Or I think his name was Red. Was like the main character. It was in the anime, at least I think, but it's not. Yeah. It was, I, I, I do remember that. So, no, well, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the, because the heart, it was a girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear to God. I, I don't that. ever remember anything about a heart being a girl. I just no, I do. Wait, wait, wait. There's a, I wasn't big on there's, there's, um, so in the more recent games, especially with um, X and Y, they had the tail tip was uh, in a heart shape for female, and oh. and then the tip was normal for a male. So they just changed the the tail to show gender. No, I remember. I remember the uh, the black mark on the tail. So the way it went from the black to the yellow on the tail, it was a zigzag if it was a dude, but if the the color of the tail was like black. And it went to a heart, and then into the a heart, and, and then into the yellow. I swear, I remember it being on the black though. Apparently, it is. I just sent a picture of it, like a reference. Really? We keep interrupting no, Neil. I'm no very... fucking way. That was definitely no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, no, I don't. I, I don't remember. A bit. Okay, so I rem so look at like the Eevee tail, right? This and is how, this and is how the, the only color thing the... I ever remember about Pikachu right here. And how the and how the color of the fur like like goes into a into a heart and then into the normal color i remember it being with like like that but with the black and then it going yeah. into a heart and then into the normal color so like that second picture of pikachu but instead of the black zigzagging it was like the heart on evie's tail if you look at the picture clipto sent in the background there's someone with the black and the heart on the tail. yeah yeah i admit i do remember that somehow the only but thing I remember is that cool. black zigzag pattern. That's it. That's it. I don't. Rem I don't know the heart shit. I don't know any of that. I just know the black zigzag. I remember that. <laughs> of, of, of course. Of course. Then again, there could have literally just been a redesign, and we're all and we're all doing all this over nothing. No, no, no. Like there's been extensive research. There's been no redesign. It has never. Pikachu has never had that black tail ever in his ever in its life. There's been no pictures that have been. There's a po on the Pokemon card. It's, it's, Actually, I bet no, I, there's a Pokemon no, card on no, my desk. No, there's not. No, there's not. Pick up. Pick it up. There's no black on it. I promise. Pick it up. It's never been a thing. It's never been a thing. I found a deck. Then why do we remember it? Because, I, I don't know. It's a mass misremembering of the entire world. No one knows. Because it, it, because knows. it wasn't there, though. It's yellow. The heart is yellow. Or, no, the heart, send, the it. The, send a picture. The send a picture. No, no. Picture. I was confirm. I was confirming what you that you were correct and that it does oh, not yeah. change. That yeah, makes it me very. It's, it's stupid it's... and. 
it's stupid and it's wrong and the universe is wrong and I'm right. Hold on, um, <laughs> can I explain the black on the tail of that Pikachu in the picture? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure because there's also like Macho Pikachu, Fighter Pikachu, those are all different types of special Pikachus that have been trained and like developed in different ways. So that could have yeah, been. Yeah, but if you go to find the actual cannon, well, no, if you go if to you train me shape, to be a boxer, then my face wouldn't be the shape of a no, boxer. No, 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 no. Hey, like if you go to try to find an actual cannon picture of that Pikachu with that tail, it's not a thing. It never has been, and it never. I guess it might it might be in the future, but it never has been. That that black thing has never been on his tail. Has never been a thing in canon. It, it, it never will released. be your psychic. It has never been released by Pokemon. It's it's it never been a thing. <laughs> I'm looking through this deck right now, and this is a really good deck. <laughs> this is a fantastic deck. I Wait, it was in the game. Well, if we're on the conversation no, of Pokemon, it was not. It, it was never in the game. I'll show you the game. I have an article right now that has You're on an article. All right, send the link. Send the link. All right, I'm looking at it. All of them have the tail. Okay, so since this seems to be static, I'm gonna let you guys go through this. I'm gonna go use the restroom. Okay. Okay. Well, when I sent that picture, I was not. When I sent that picture, I was not talking about the background Pikachu's. I was talking about the. The foreground Pikachu. I don't know what the I'm background not, Pikachu is. I never played Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire. This is Omega. I'm gonna that. use the restroom. Uh, All right, I'll be back. Sapphire. All right. I think. Okay. Well, if we're if we're gonna it's like try, old. if we're gonna try and like concisively bring back the conversation, like chat and your guys' input. What's your favorite Pokemon then? Hey, yeah, there we go. Let's get into Pokemon. Epic, epic, epic. Oh, um, like, epic. Yeah. Pokemon. What's everybody's favorite Pokemon and why? Epic. And please do not say Law Punny because MILF. <laughs> Here, while you, guys, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to explain why, or what my favorite Pokemon is and why. My favorite Pokemon is uh, Cubone, just because of its tragic backstory. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh. Cubone is literally my favorite. Uh, it's, it's been known as the lonely Pokemon. It's a... Some people say it's it has to do with uh, Charmander. I don't know. I feel like that's more more uh, hypothetical than it is actual lore. Oh, I remember but what game was from now. It's it's yeah, it's from Red and Blue. It's a uh, it's it, you find them in the Pokemon Tower, and you can't find uh, the evolution, but you can you, you can't find Marowak, but you can find Cubone. You, you, you battle yeah. Marowak, but you cannot catch him. It will not let you catch Marowak. And uh, it is said that Cubone carries its the skull of Marowak on its head. And yeah. uh, what? What's the game? It's horrible. That I there was um. There's either like real face or like word actually. Huh? I think it was. I think it was Let's Go Pikachu. And Let's Go Pikachu. There's a, like a story. Where you take a Cubone with you and you go into this like haunted mansion. I think it might have been like Lavender Town or something. Yeah, haunted you go mansion. Into mansion yeah. And you Can find I... the spirit of Marowak. 
and it right. yep, yep. That, that, that's I feel like that's a that's an Easter egg from Red and Blue because you go to Pokemon Tower, which is a a Pokemon Where's... graveyard, and that's where you find uh, Cubone. <laughs> it's and so sad. It's like that's like yeah. the first time that you would see Marowak in like a while. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. You whenever you release this on like whatever you're releasing this on like Spotify or whatever. Yes, uh, I'm releasing it on Spotify, Audible, and another one. I I'm probably read. making edits. You, you should uh you should title it Pokemon and Philosophy. <laughs> Facts. I mean, it's been going on for two hours, so it, I may end it pretty quick. <laughs> um. I've never actually played Pokemon. Oh, got oh my god. Oh, oh my goodness, you've never okay. played Pokemon? Wait, can I say no. something? You... <laughs> I do not advocate illegal action, but whatever way you could find to play the original Red and Blue games, do it, because they are fantastic. Oh my god, I play... I will say, I 100%, totally 100% legally play Red and Blue on my computer, 100%. It's really? already correct to pirate. <laughs> I'm not a pirate. I do not have an eye patch, therefore I am not a pirate. I'm a pirate. I never played Red and Blue, but I started with Omega Ruby, I think. And I started. You have to go back to Red and Blue. I started. Uh, I, I think it was. I started a on White too. Okay. God, I thought I'm white. Oh, I black and white. Okay. 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 So my so here's this. Here's the story of how I played my first Pokemon game. Right. So, I used to hang out with my cousin a lot because he was like an older brother to me, and he's like this huge figure, or whatever, in my life. But whenever he would get bored of me, he would hand me his DS, and just let me play while he does whatever he does. <laughs> and at one point, he gave me a Pokemon game, and I just played that obsessively for like a day and a half. <laughs> and, and then, and then that's how I that's how I uh, find out about Pokemon. I found out because I had to watch. I was like getting a freaking dentist appointment, and like they let us watch a, like a show, and that's and I, and I watched like the first few episodes of Indigo. So I got to see what Pokemon was like. I played Spyro. I played the Pokemon game. Oh, Spyro. I want to play Spyro again. Spyro is I'm, really good. I'm yeah, going to see if I can legally obtain Spyro on my computer. Teehee. Uh, yeah. You, you could totally legally Um, when I'm looking through the Pokedex entries for Cubone, Almost every single one of them. The first line is, where's the skull of its deceased mother? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a... Uh... Ooh. That, I read that. Okay. For reference, I read that whenever I was, like, seven and... <laughs> that, oh, wow. That, that confused me. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? It says something a little different. Cubone pines for the mother it will never see again. Seeing a likeness... A likeness for, of its mother in the full moon it cries. The stains of the skull the Pokemon wears are made of the tears it sheds. So, in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, it's not wearing the skull of its mother. It makes the skull from the tears it sheds. And so that's why it has a skull on its head. Well, no, no it, it says the stains on the skull are from the tears. It doesn't say that the skull is made of the tears. Alright, that's true. Okay, well, 
God damn it, Pokemon. Okay, never mind. First, <laughs> <laughs> first, fact checked. I yeah, I like, I like, I like being fact, fact checked though. Yeah, same. Shit out of me. <laughs> if I ever say something that's incorrect, do not hesitate to shout you're wrong and stupid. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway. I am going to say here since it's been almost, it's been two hours. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> this will be the end of the podcast. Uh, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you live in the world, and I hope everything goes great.